Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Uh, I'm here with uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, appropriately wearing black today. He's a longtime writer and coverer of the Vikings and the NFL. And uh, we're here to break down that game. Uh, what a game. Uh, the Vikings, just like every game they played this year, has uh, been a nail-biter. And this one came down on the, on the right side for us in the white shirts, not those in the black shirts. Uh, oh, I told you, I had a feeling all week that they were going to win, right? And yeah. no, you did not. If anybody wants to go oh. back to prove it, go back in our podcast from last week and you hear Mark predicted a loss, even though he, he kind of uh, covered himself a little bit. But I said that they were going to win, and this time uh, I was right. We, two weeks ago, you got the Chargers game right, and I got it wrong. So that's just how it goes, right? I mean, I mean, it it, it was – to script in a, in a lot of ways for the way the Vikings have played this year, but uh, there's a lot of different things and we're going to talk about them as we go through. But Mark, uh, what are your overall impressions of that, of that game on Sunday? I'm just impressed with how Kirk's playing. I mean, um, and we're going to have to live with this. This is the new style of, of going for it. There were a lot of cases or you know, a handful of situations there that they could have gotten the interception. The, the interception wouldn't have been overturned. So, I think Vikings fans kind of need to live with this because I think this is the way they have to win. And Kirk has to be on board with this and Zim's on board with it. Uh, Kubiak maybe be a little more aggressive. You know, you've got to push the ball down the field to not only Jefferson, but Thielen. Um, this is how you're going to win. And, but there's going to be a game at some point, you know, hopefully it's not Detroit uh, where there's a key interception and they lose the game. You know, that comes with how you play. It's just right now that, Kirk's been lucky that that they haven't intercepted the ball in some cases, and he's been fortunate. Uh, like uh, that one that was overturned, you know, I think Jefferson got his hand on it at the last minute. Thielen actually went up uh, on that one pass inter- or one deep ball where he's playing defensive back basically and breaking up the pass. So um, I like the way that Kirk's playing. I feel this is Kirk's team now. You know, we've talked for so long that it's Dalvin Cook's team. That's not to say Dalvin Cook's not important. It just means that. They're paying this guy for to play this way, and he's he's stepping up, and this is his team. And this is how you're gonna have to win. And, and I was very impressed with how how he played, especially with with Aaron Rodgers, you know, breathing down his neck in, in that second half. You know, ended up almost throwing for 400 yards. Uh, the word balance comes to mind, but uh, you know, as I was watching the game, I take notes and you know things that I see, and I had written. Uh, this is what we've been waiting for, for, for uh, Kirk to take some deep shots and to take some chances downfield and let his, his, his star players make some plays. And all of a sudden I said, is Kirk going downfield too much? Because he threw uh, well, double coverage more that's, than one. That's, away with that's what people are going to say. That's what people are going to say. As soon as it gets accepted, they're going to be, oh, why did he throw the ball? Uh, you got to live with it. And I, I'd say, you know, he, he played that way against the Chargers. He, you know, they threw the ball. Uh, not not as many times as this time, but uh, you know they got they went two games where they sort of played it from the fetal position. And Kirk, you know, uh, against the Cowboys, that third down performance when they went over twelve, they went one for thirteen and over twelve on their last twelve attempts. That was playing in the fetal position. Uh, you know, then they lose to Baltimore. Uh, you know, it's the same. It's that same thing where you got to you know if you're. You only play so many games a year, and you just can't play just with your, you know, you're just so afraid, you know, not to lose. It's you got to play to win, and 
Uh, he's done that for two weeks in a row. Um, uh, they had the interesting comments after the game, Zimmer and and Cousins, and at least maybe not after the game or since the game, where uh, Cousins was kind of talking like, you know, that note I wrote. He goes, well, you know, he took some chances down there, and he wasn't quite so sure, and he was, you know, he was, he was kind of uh, moving back to the fetal position uh, with his comments, and here comes Zimmer saying, that's the way I want him to play, and and if he if he makes an interception, so be it. I'd like to see uh, if that would have been Zimmer's comment if uh, that last over- interception wasn't overturned and the game ended on that point. However, are they showing their hand now as who they are, and now we know why? You know, I I, we, I thought coming in or so far this season, there's been it's been a combination of the three. You know, being conservative, Zimmer wants to play his ball control game. And Clint Kubiak is trying to learn how to call a game and is a little more conservative. And Kirk is certainly conservative. It looks like now, if we're to trust these quotes, that uh, it's it's Kirk well, that's a little reticent to, to go down. Yeah, no, I I don't think I don't I really don't put any weight in what Kirk says. I, I put it I put the weight on how he plays. Uh, he played with a lot more aggression. Um, you know, it's Kirk. Kirk's a Kirk's a pleaser. He wants to please everybody. If you, you ask him a certain question, he's, you know, he's also, he's, he's a, what do you call himself, methodical or something when he was asked, to, you know, two weeks ago. Um, Kirk is always processing and trying to figure out what's the right thing to say, what's the right way to act. And, uh, but I, what I like is, you know, between the lines when it wasn't, you know, with him thinking about how to project the perfect image or say the perfect thing or avoid saying the wrong thing, he played in a way that they need him to play. And that's what they're paying him for. And, you know, frankly, this year, you know, they need more wins. But uh, he's earning his money this year, I think. And, and and that was kind of a knock. It's always been, you know, Kirk Cousins doesn't get mentioned without being Kirk Cousins, comma, the guy who makes $33 million. Um, it's time to start saying Kirk Cousins, who, if they keep winning, can uh, do some so, something special this year. And, and if they get in the playoffs and they, they're high up and that's the reason because of it, you know, he's in the discussion uh, right now. It's kind of a wide open discussion for MVP or wide open for the playoffs. I mean, it's uh, you, you pick the Titans as the best team in the league and they get beat by the worst, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, the, the, the Texans. So uh, it's right now everything's kind of wide open. And I love that fact that the Vikings are going for it, you know, really, you know, going for it in a, in a way they are in the last two weeks have gone for it. It, it's still strange though, because it looks like a, a flip, a switch has been flipped here. You know, with with their mentality towards towards the game, and uh, maybe Zimmer seeing the fact that hey, you know, a, a team that can 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 play put up points and can go downfield and and keep a guy like Rodgers off the field, who demonstrated he was going to score every time he got his hands on the ball in the second half. Uh, it, it, you know, maybe that it can't be total ball control and and. He's seeing the light a little bit too. Um, you think, or or not? Well, yeah. I mean, I I think so, but it's not like he, uh, he's been around a long time. He knows the, you know, that there's a balance to this. And and if you look at you know the numbers, uh, you know, it's not. I mean, uh, Dalvin Cook in the first half only had a you know, limited amount of touches, but when it came out in the second half, you know, it was Dal- Dalvin Cook on that first yeah. drive of the second half touched the ball seven times for forty yards. They go down 70-some yards, and they score. So, uh, you know, Kirk and, and uh, Jefferson and Thielen, they, they, 
they got all the talk, but it's not like Dalvin had a bad game. So I wouldn't like say that Zimmer's all of a sudden Air Coriel, Air Zimmer. It's like you know, you know, it's like there there is still yeah, there's still this you know, it's like it's so hard like when you talk about stuff like this because it's either here or there. It's there's never kind of any blending in of of football, and that's you know, I think Zimmer realizes he needs his quarterback to really have the guts in certain situations, but he also realizes that, you know, Dalvin Cook is still a great player, is a, is a tremendous player, a great player, and between the two of them, and if they can piece together the, everything on defense uh, like they have in the past two weeks, then do something. I wish I had seen a, a Kirk in the, in the locker room afterwards with a big fat cigar in his mouth, his shirt off, and just sitting there in a, in a very aggressive position and just saying, yeah, yeah, we put it to him. You know, I want this guy to get confidence. I mean, that, the, that quote to me says, okay, that was great. Uh, I kind of dodged a bullet there. Um, I'm not sure if I want to do it again. But I suppose if I have to, I will. You know, I, I would love to see him. Well, it, uh, you know, to me, the confidence came in the 120 minutes of football in, in Los Angeles in, in Sunday. I mean, that that was a confident, confident player. Uh, and, and and it's also come at, at the end. I mean, I'm losing track of all the different times they've come back to, to either win or put themselves in the position to win. Uh, it's been all year. So, there, you know, there's been a confident player at the end of almost every game where they've needed, you know, to put the kicker in position to win or, or Cincinnati where they, they, they tie it and they lose in overtime. Uh, he's not, he's not lacking confidence on the field right now. No, you're, that's, that's a very good point. And you're, you're right. He, he, what he did not back down. He, he went back out there, even if every drive didn't go his way uh, where it did for, for the Packers in the second half, he, he came out there and just kept firing. And you know, I'm going to, you know, they got the the uh, the the last drive. They got the, the five, five yard penalty right out of the gate for twelve men on the field, and then he throws into double coverage. And I went, "Oh my god!" Now that was so Vikings. That that game should have ended right there if it was Minnesota as usual. That's what we were expecting. That's how it goes. But it didn't, and he got a second chance, and he went down there and put the heck of a drive together. All three of them. I, I was I was impressive. It was fun to watch. Now, okay, so. Joe, I've, so now I've been here 22 years. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not one of you yet. You know, you got to be here a little bit longer than 22 years. But listen, the, you don't know the first thing I thought when they won that game. The, the minute the the uh, I know I know what you're gonna the, say. the the adopted Minnesotan in me said, "Boy, this is going to make Detroit and loss at Detroit look really bad." Uh, yeah, you're definitely. Is everybody everybody's clicking off right now? We all we all all thought it, but you said it. Damn it! Anyway, yeah. I got to move on just a little bit because I, I, I do want to. You know, Kirk deserves. He's the he, a topic. You know, and he deserves it. But another guy that that got him is is Justin Jefferson. And I sent this to you, and I I, I know you're gonna think I'm nuts, but just in time production. Yeah, if you know that as a manufacturing term, let me define it for you. Just in time production minimizes time, labor, and materials in a manufacturing process by only producing goods as needed. Includes cross-training of employees to work on multiple tasks. Justin Jefferson in the backfield. What rain ratio? We just got just-in-time production. So I'm just throwing that out there to get that What goal. the hell are you talking about? 
just in time production. It's 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 process where they would just get your materials just in time. You to turn it in, produce it, and send it out the door. It was years ago yeah. that this came out, and now have, have, have you copyrighted this? Are you are you copywriting? If someone's if, stealing if, your idea right now, and, and they probably are, if it's got legs, but it, it's uh. Uh, you know, when I was doing this show with Joe Johnson, uh, I would always come up with these things, and he he loved it. So you you, you are obviously not as impressed, but that's okay. What a day, Justin Jefferson. Got to got to monetize it, Joe. Monetize it. Okay, there yeah, there you go. I suppose you're going to be wanting uh uh you know half. Of I want to cut. Yeah. I want to cut. That's 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 about the truth. Jefferson uh, did what we've been asking for all season. He got open. He 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 made plays in in uh, traffic. He he. Uh, that that last touchdown that he scored, that second one that in which he was down the corner, it was a great pass by Cousins. But when I watched it on replay, I replayed the game last night, and he made a twist of his body to, after he you know, a little nudge, a little push off just for a position. He, he he turned back to the ball and just made a hell of a catch right there in the corner of the front of the end zone. It just it oh shows exactly. So it's okay for him to push off, but not Drew Pearson. They both did. I mean, when I saw the replay on it, the other guy had his hands too, and the ref was right there. He looked at it both. A little wow. push off, little. No, but that that was a. But that's why this is why. Uh, to me, you know, the uh, cousin, the combination between Cousins and Jefferson is so good now because, you know, that throw not only was that a good throw, but that's an all-out. That's a that's a zero blitz. They're coming after Kirk, and and he's throwing it. As he's as he's going back and lobbing it to the perfect spot, I mean Kirk Cousins' arm—I mean, no one's ever questioned his arm strength and his, his arm talent. It's always been, can he get his brain out of the way to play the game, not worry about the game? And uh, I think he knows. And, and Adam Thielen has wild catches too. I mean, it's like yeah. uh, we talk more about Justin Jefferson because they're maybe they're more flamboyant, but you know, Adam Thielen catches balls in tight windows too. Uh, so he's, you know, he's in tune with these guys and he's giving them chances and that's all they needed. And, you know, to their credit, uh, they didn't, uh, after that, uh, Baltimore loss, you know, whenever, you know, Jefferson did disappeared for two weeks, uh, there wasn't a, you know, a Stefan Diggs moment or anything. So, uh, they worked it out and which is good, you know, they worked it out in a way where they can win some games rather as opposed to having to trade the guy to, to make him happy and, get the pick that it got Justin Jefferson. So, um, yeah, I like, I not only, I not only like, I not only like these guys talent, but I like their mentality yeah. and they are, you know, they're team players. And, uh, and to this point in their careers, uh, you know, Jefferson's only in his second year, but I don't see him changing. I see him, you know, this is who he is. Yeah, I hope we can win enough to keep him happy. That's that's kind of what you saw with uh, Stefan Diggs. But we aren't going to talk about that today because he does have a slightly different mentality, I think. You would know better than I being in the locker room. But here's what I wrote on the, the agenda for for Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen doing that amazing, crazy beep that he does. I mean, he, he made several catches that were, again, like you had to sit back and go, what, what, what was that? <laughs> you know, the touchdown he had was a nice move after he caught it, made – Dug the step in and, and went between two players. And then there was on one of the last two drives, he made the catch on the sideline, which uh, the, the the defender made a move on it, walked, went past the ball, and just all of a sudden quickly he makes the catch. He, he's got such good hands. He also had a tiptoe catch on the sidelines, while Chris Carter. Uh, Adam Thielen is just money 
when the ball's around him. He, he, he's, he's something else to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's different styles. I mean, Jefferson's more of a longer vertical guy, but, you know, Thielen is the guy that, you know, uh, sometimes, you, you know, you, you, when you're watching the game back, you play it back and forth, back and forth. To see, you know, how how does how does a guy like, maintain his eyesight, his court, his uh, concentration, the way he catches, and uh, yeah, that sideline ball, uh, that's another example. You know, uh, that Kirk sort of got lucky there that the guy overplayed it and didn't didn't intercept it. Uh, but that's just, you know, these are things that the people are going to have to live with. You know, and Thielen comes out on the on the right side of this this time. Um, now, you know. I don't slam Kirk for saying it may, you know, I had to, he's sort of living on a razor's edge when it comes to that stuff, because yeah, that could have gone the other, could have gone the wrong way there. Uh, I think you know, Kirk's also finding this balance between, you know, being in the, in the fetal position and, and being, you know, he doesn't want to be Brett Favre. He can't be Brett Favre. And, and frankly, a lot of Brett, what Brett Favre did, you don't want any other quarterback in the history to do that because it was too much. A lot of times. Yeah, we remember 2009. You don't want you want anybody to do that. Um, uh, it was it was. I, I guess I wanted to ask you about a couple times, several times in in the game, and this attributes to to the game plan by Kurt Clint Kubiak. But they had Jefferson and uh, Thielen up on the lined up on the same side. You know, kind of stacked you know, as they would go out and, you know, one would cut off the, 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 do the shallow turn to the right to, or turn to the left, you know, to the side. I don't even know play calls. And then someone would do a deeper corner. Um, it seemed to me that, uh, I guess I wanted to ask you, is that more good play calling or are they, where is it good play calling because they took advantage of some uh, inexperienced defensive backs because Packers were I- I think it's a nice it's a it's a nice design. I also think that it helps having KJ Osborne emerge on the other side, or uh, I'm sure that he's on the other side in some of those situations where you, you know, say your two best guys are taken out right there. Although they, the design is they're, they're far enough apart where they shouldn't both be taken out in the same area. But you have KJ Osborne stepping up. Conklin's an option, um, but yeah, like you know, putting him. You know, the Packers seem to me to be baffled by the fact that Jefferson was in the in the in the backfield on that one touchdown where uh, two, two of the defensive backs are, are in the end zone with Thielen and then Jefferson makes a cut inside and catches the ball at about the three and there's no one there. It's just that it's mind boggling to, to see a guy, you know, have that type of game and nobody is like locked on him from the minute he leaves the backfield. It's almost like, Hey, Oh wait, we got this guy. Well, they're both on Thielen. Well, that was an easy throw for Kurt. Uh, so yeah, the Packers in the red zone are horrendous. I mean, they they just uh, terrible in the red zone defensively, except for one game against Washington. Other than that, that's been their one of their Achilles' heels. And the Vikings have been pretty good in, in the red zone on offense. So that was a you know something that definitely went in the Vikings' favor. I mean, uh, Dalvin Cook's touchdown run. I mean, you don't you won't see an easier one yard run in the NFL for a touchdown. I mean, he just goes right. Uh, Ezra Cleveland had a great block, uh, and Darisaw had a, a nice block, and then uh, Ham goes up the middle, and it's just, he just kind of walks in. So, uh, I mean, we're so trained to see like every one yard run have to be like a run, 
a five minute replay to see if the ball or is where's his knee, where's his ball. <laughs> it was kind of re- refreshing to see a guy just kind of walk in and throw the ball off, you know. So they're, they, that red zone defense is pretty bad. You think Zimmer should have make it, made that uh, challenge on uh, whether or not uh, uh, Jefferson was in on the play before? I mean, it didn't appear to me that, that he had a chance to win it, but, you know, I don't, I don't think you can uh, guess what the next play is going to look like because the next play could have been a, a fumble and 99-yard touchdown return. So if he thought that it was he was in, I, I don't blame him for challenging. I just didn't see, you know, what angle was going to overturn that. Right, which goes back to something we talked about last week. Why there's not more? Why there's not a goal line camera on that? On that, uh, or maybe the it seems like the goal line camera. And I'm not an expert on all this stuff, but it's never the right angle. It's never straight down the line or something. It's always kind of like, yeah, it should be. You'd think with all the money the NFL has and what have you, and these networks. But that's beside the point. I don't want to talk about that today. Uh, I'm going to ask you how the offensive line did in general, but. Mason Cole specifically, he had he had some struggles with all uh, Jeremy Clark. Is that his name? Kenny Clark. Kenny. Clark. I mean, a lot of people do it. A lot of people have uh, struggled with Kenny Clark, which is probably one reason why Mason Cole started that game. Uh, they you know they got to look at, at at him instead of Bradbury in against the Chargers. They won the game. Uh, he gets a second chance against uh, the Packers, and I I mean. I, poor guy, I would hate to be in the film room for that first snap because <laughs> absolutely kicked his ass and put him on his put him on his ass. And there was a you know there's a, a handful of those plays where he got blown up, and to the point where I'm thinking you know <laughs> might have to have rotating centers. I, I if if Bradbury is over his COVID and he's 100, percent Bradbury's my starter against the 49ers because I, that game was pretty, you know, pretty bad. There were enough bad moments in that game for Cole that I, I, I go back to my original starter. I don't know if that's what they'll do or not. Now, you know, having said that, obviously in order to, to put 31 point or 34 points on the board, the offensive line had to play, had to have a lot of good plays too. And especially that uh, I thought that the protection uh, on the, where they went down and the, the game winning drive and different things that they did at later in the game was, was good. So it's not like this guy had a horrendous, I don't know what his ratings were or whatever, but there was enough moments in that game where we went, Holy mackerel, that guy, you know, and that again, that's Kenny Clark. And he does that to a lot of people. He did it to, he's done it to, to a Garrett Bradbury as well, but maybe not to that extreme, but uh, they got a, they got an issue at, at center and, and your guy, Wyatt Davis might, might be the starting center for this team uh, next year. I, I don't know. I just they need some more uh, size and better leverage in in that position. Mason Cole played too many times was like too way too high, especially playing against a powerful guy like that. You know, I just I just noticed this in listening to you that uh, you're talking about yeah you've been here 22 years and you're still not quite one of us. Well, I can see it because you got green and gold on your walls behind you. So maybe that's, that's a problem, you know, to start with. That's right masters, there. masters colors. Masters. Uh, okay. All right. Um, Del, you know, you touched on Dalvin Cook a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about him. I thought it, his, his performance, which was almost a hundred yards, but it was like 115 all purpose yards. Cause he made a couple of nice grabs too. was really under the radar. He, he had a good game and he, you know, there's a lot of times where he met some tough resistance in the middle of the line, but, but then there was a, n- a number of other plays that he 
stretched from a, a maybe a minimal gain to about you know six seven eight yards at times and 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 really kept the chains moving for the Vikings on several of their big drives. So I, I thought you know I liked the way he was used. I mean. Also, I don't have him in fantasy football, so I don't want him to get the ball 500 times. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, maybe that's a way to keep him healthy as well and 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 keep him refreshed as they, they go through. And maybe he's not. He doesn't have to carry the ball 25 to 30 times a game. So I, I thought it was pretty decent what he did. Well, his, his pass protection on the 43-yard pass uh, to Jefferson, uh, his blitz pickup, that's something that – Adrian Peterson is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson never never made a block like, and Adrian Peterson's a bigger guy. Yeah, he's never made a block like Dalvin made on that on uh, I believe it was Campbell coming up the middle, uh, and that that allowed Kirk to make that throw. So to me, it's like yeah, he had a quiet first half as a runner, but that was a loud block that he made for a big play at a big moment in the game. So uh, yeah, I mean he's. He's outstanding, but he's not Superman. I mean, a uh, good example of that first play of the game, we were talking about Mason Cole getting destroyed and knocked on a, you know, almost did a backwards somersault. Uh, he, you know, the play and Dalvin loses a yard on that play. So, you know, he need he does need, he's Superman. He's a great player, but he's, he needs a little help uh, from his friends up front. And uh, sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Clark also uh, got a couple fingers on his face mask too, but that wasn't called. But that's okay. We'll talk about penalties in a bit. Oh um, my goodness! If you're complaining about penalties in that game, that, you, that you are you're 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 the leading Minnesotan. If you're complaining about complaining, a, the three the three penalties that they had, not complaining. Just mentioning because there's been so much belly aching coming from the east this week. So anyway, the defense. Oh, was- there there wouldn't have been any belly aching over here, right? If they had yeah. eight penalties, or was it nine? Eight penalties for 92 yards, I think it was. Yep, and you know they were the th- they're the least penalized team in the league, and the Vikings are the most penalized team in the league, and they flipped something the like that. Yeah, yeah. I have no, I have no complaints. You know, they they but they do miss a couple both ways. You know, you got you know just remember that green and gold backers. Uh, the defense was good in the first half and bad in the second. Uh, does that have more to do with uh, Rodgers? You know making adjustments and figuring out and, and being Aaron Rodgers in the second half, or is it just the team tearing out or what do you think about that? Well, I think it's uh, a little bit of everything. It's, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers had uh, had one Friday practice in two weeks. Um, so he's probably going to be a little bit rusty coming in. Um, the pass rush was better in the first half. I think, um, you know, Harrison Smith had some nice uh, blitzes that they had to, that had to use. I thought, there were stretches where, uh, you know, seeing Sheldon Richardson out at left end was uh, – I'd like to see more of him out there because uh, they put him on a tight end once. Uh, I think that might have been where he got – I think he – I don't know if he got credit, but he should have gotten half a sack, half of Harrison's sack. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, this is not a uh, – there's never a perfect you – know, they don't pitch perfect games in football. You just kind of like whoever – can hang on and you know, claw and scratch the the best and just and this year seems like to win it at the end with a with a field goal. That's you know, there's gonna be bad, there's gonna be good, there's gonna be twelve men on the field like the Packers had, which is an embarrassing penalty in that situation. Um, that's just, you know, that's an eight win team that had 
some really stupid penalties. And uh, that's just kind of how it is. It's good, it's bad, it's ugly. Do you think uh, uh, Rodgers was out of sync yet another week post-COVID because he missed three passes in the first half that, you know, couple of me could have had one of them for sure could have scored and and the other two were long ones and it just it just didn't look like him the second half he was he was money you know with with what he was doing yeah there was one to valdez scantling did was deep that he missed and it's like wow he, and he had time too uh and then i remember where it's going at you know, something that, that that's not aaron Rodgers. and i think it was three plays later he he did complete three or four plays handful of plays where he completed a, a deep ball to him so yeah, I mean it's it's him feeling his way. It's a, uh, you know, uh, practice isn't uh, completely necessary, but I sure I certainly think that for a quarterback with his timing and just and everything, it, it is you know there is some value to to uh, practicing. Uh, and then where you go, uh, you know, two weeks and only practice once at a, basically a Friday walkthrough, it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. You know, uh, I had a fever dream when I woke up this morning. I know this is pretty – I'm sure you don't want to hear about it, but I I think I had some kind of epiphanies here, a couple of them. But, you know, I watched the game back last night, and I was going to ask you again about, you know, 59 points in the last few minutes of the half for the Vikings this year. They've they've really struggled in that area. And, you know, when I'm watching the game – I, 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 I've always wanted to blame it on the defense, but I've, I've realized last night you can't. I mean, because right before the, the, the uh, Packers came down and scored right before the half, the Vikings had the ball and went three and out in their worst uh, drive of, of, this, of the game. And it's like, that's on you. That's incumbent upon the offense to, to go in that time and take some time off so Rodgers doesn't get the damn ball again at the rest of the half. So, Joe, I've, ri- I've written about that 100 times in the last two years. Uh, no, and I, this, this, this specifically in the, the five extra points that we do, um, yeah, I mean, I, I forget what the, they say, 59, 56, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, they added seven points to that total. But my, my point in that extra point was, with 4:18 left, it was four minutes and 18, 4:18 left in the in the first half. They have third and one. Now, I'm I'm not I, I like CJ Ham. Maybe I like CJ Ham on one of those real quick turn, you know, fullback dies up the middle real quick. But pitching the ball to CJ, I mean, I I don't usually complain about like play calling and stuff, but a pitch to CJ Ham in that situation was dead from the minute that. You know, the Packers started moving on him. He's not that type of player. If you're going to give it to him and you go straight up the middle. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a three and out. And the way it ended with, you know, when you got Dalvin, Dalvin Cook was going the other way. And I, that, I he just, yeah, that's going to take some attention that way. But still, C.J. Ham, I just don't like him being a toss sweep to C.J. Ham. So, to me, that's, a, that's kind of a, you're getting too cute. And you know how much time, much more time they could have taken off the clock, at least two more minutes, two, three minutes, and the way they're moving the ball, uh, they, maybe they, they take out the rest of the half. Uh, but instead, you know, they punt it, and they're, they're leading 16-3 to three at that point. And I remember thinking, the defense is going to get tagged with another, you know, why did you let them score the last two minutes? Well, sure enough, they get the ball with four minutes, they move for two minutes, and then now you're inside the two minutes. And so the stat needs a little bit of context, I think, whenever you start to say, oh, last two minutes they've done this, this, and this. Well, what happened 
for them to get the ball in that situation? How much time did they have before the two minutes? And then where did they do after that? Well, I think by that time they were, they were Vikings territory for sure. And they score, you know, and to me, it's like, this is Aaron Rodgers, and you, you handed him the ball on a three and out with a bad third down play call. Don't blame the defense, you know, or, or at least split the blame right. between what, what happened with the offense and what happened on the defense. You mean if I had just read your column, I, I wouldn't have had to been. That's where you, you had your that's where you had your epiphany. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll make a habit of that in the future. Uh, quickly, uh, Xavier Woods had a tough day. Uh, why was Cam Byron yeah. in there for six plays? Is 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 uh, should we see more of him? Not that Cam Bynum is a savior, but uh, he's played well. I think he earned a little bit more time than just just six plays yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean, and you saw a lot of. I, I mean, their three safety look that they had. I don't know if all six plays were were probably all six plays were when they had three safeties and they, they were able to use, uh, you know, Harrison Smith uh, as kind of a small linebacker to, to blitz. And uh, I like that look. I, I, you know, I, <laughs> if Xavier Woods turns in a few more of those where he's missing, he missed one tackle in the, just outside the red zone that allowed him 11 more yards to get down close to the goal line. You know, that you can't miss that tackle. Um, you know, he just got run by at the end. I mean, I, granted, I know, that the re- one of the reasons that happened, and Zimmer even took some blame for it, was or explained it that they're doubling Devontae Adams in that situation. And well, you know, I, and I know that a, that a uh, that a safety on the receiver at that point is a tough is a tough play. But my goodness, he got. I mean, he he's given he's given ten yards cushion, and he got run by, and made that such an easy throw for Aaron Rodgers on that seventy-five yard one play touchdown drive. That yeah, if 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 that's what we're gonna get, uh, if that's what the Vikings are gonna get out of, of Xavier Woods going forward, then Cam Bynum has shown enough, I think, to to get more playing time. It's great to have Patrick Peterson back. Do you think uh, is there more to his uh, re-injury or whatever that injury was? He came back after he injured himself and played, I think, the rest of the game. But uh, should we be concerned that he might be uh, uh, not available this week? I know that I know. They well. Have- I- for. Yeah, you have to kind of wait. I mean, the, the the if they don't practice on Friday, it's always like the, the one time this week, this year, they tried to say that they listed Dalvin as questionable or something because he didn't practice Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. No practice at all on Friday. Uh, they tried to say, oh, questionable. Well, no, it's not. He's out. I mean, it's, that's just kind of how it's always gone. Uh, that's yeah. I think, so – if he doesn't practice and he's, 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 but if he's limited and practices, he'll be in there. So, uh, yeah, having him has been, you know, night and day from what he's not, he's not the all pro he was, you know, however many time all pro he was in Arizona, but he is a veteran presence that has brought a lot to this team as far as just being, he's not a shutdown corner anymore, but he's good enough that he can really make a difference on this defense, and they need him going down the stretch. Absolutely. Well, here, here's the second half of my epiphany and my fever dream that I wanted to really get to you about. Uh, it, it centers around the final drive of the game. Um, but uh, when I realized that uh, the offense is, is culpable for some blame and those end-of-halves problems, you know, I, 
you're, you're going to laugh, but you know, I always used to, I, when I go out to the Vike to a winter park or a TCO and they'd say, and they, or else hear them talk about the four minute drill. You go, what are they talking about the four minute drill? Who the hell cares? I mean, it's the two minute drill in four minutes, but it, it, it's, it's a, I suppose it's a different mentality. It really is important to, to make sure that you're watching the clock. I mean, I, I, I consider football for, for most of the game to be a game of checkers. I'm going to jump over you, either pass over you or run over you and take your guy out, you know, a game of attrition. But what I've just realized when you get down to the last four minutes, it becomes chess, and you got to start thinking all these plays ahead and and really focus on the clock. The clock is a huge component at that. I mean, this is obvious, but it is. It, it, what I was thinking when they were going down there, you know, get a touchdown because, you know, make Rodgers score a touchdown on the other. But what you're thinking is – do this, score some points, but make sure you get that clock down. I mean, did we just see the best uh, uh, clock management by Tim Zimmer in his in his in his tenure here? And was that was that play by uh, 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 Dalvin Cook, who didn't go into the t- end zone, stopped, and he said later, he "Goes, I wanted to score a touchdown so bad, and and I didn't." And allowed Zimmer to then run the clock off. I had a guy yesterday, and we were at our, our Mankato Brewery meeting. I just want to say his Oh, name. there you go. Yeah, Steve. 30, 37 minutes in. It took you 37 minutes, Joe. He said that uh, that's not getting enough attention. I started thinking about it, and he's exactly right. I mean, it, it, did Zimmer tell uh, these guys to get down and not go in so that they could then do that because they had the, 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 the timeout situation in their favor? It was crazy. It was it was as much as I've criticized Zimmer for for some of his clock management and end game uh, uh, decisions. That that was that was excellent. That, I mean, uh, if if it was it was that contrived, what do you think is 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 or was that just a heady play by uh, Dalvin Cook in the moment? Well, I mean, they you know they they do spend the entire week talking and practicing football and uh, going over every imaginable situation there is. So yeah, you know Dalvin's a smart player, but I'm sure that. Those are things that are, you know, put into their brains as they're, you know, spending their their lives practicing. I mean, we we only see three hours of them a, a week, uh, and they, they spend the rest of their week, you know, going through all this stuff. And, and was it the best clock uh, play you know, clock management? I was con- considering that Matt Lafleur is uh, was thirteen to one in the in the NFC and had won had never lost on the road in the uh, NFC North. Um, and you know Zimmer's got the only two wins against him. I would say, given the the where they where they were in their season, uh, the fact that the Packers could have gone four and a half up in the division, yeah, that it was tremendous. It was a tremendous clock management, as good as the say the Cowboys was ugly. At the end of the Cowboys game, Zimmer's making a timeout, back to back timeouts, forgetting that he had made the timeout before. Um, which I thought was kind of a sign of this guy might be, you know, a little spread a little too thin, uh, too worried about uh, bringing his coordinators along, and and maybe should have taken a crack at like letting uh, Andre Patterson call the defense or whatever. Um, but yeah, that to me was was as good as it gets because now you can't do that unless you got a lot of trust in your kicker, and and for Zimmer to you know. The other shoe of this, the other layer of this is the fact that Mike Zimmer did this trusting his kicker to the, you know, millionth degree. Uh, you know, he misses that. Uh, we're talking, a di- we're probably singing a different tune if uh, if Joseph misses that uh, 
misses that field goal and they and they and they end up losing. But uh, to me, it's like it, it happens so quick, and it's you know, uh, and all the you know, they're obviously they're running all the numbers, and for that for them, whoever's taking keeping track of it, because uh, they're at one point I was they're you know, like, why aren't the Packers calling a timeout so they can get the ball back? Well, you know, then you have to like just you have to figure it out because there's an obvious reason. No matter when they called that timeout, it was going to go down to the end. So they decided to you know ice the kicker, and it didn't work. But yeah, that that's. Uh, that's how you manage the end of a game. That's uh, that was really well done. And I'm going to say, uh, uh, for Zimmer's sake, that it is. Hot seat. Pardon me. No, that, that's coming you up. Uh, that's coming up. It, 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 it's difficult in that in that pressure cooker to make those decisions. It's, it's much easier for us to sit up here and watch the game. You in the press box, me and and my coach. And I used to coach uh, uh, eighth grade girls basketball, which is comparable to the NFL for sure. Yes. And, and I'll tell you, at times, you know, I needed to call a timeout. I didn't want to. I didn't have everything else to say, you know. Whatever you're doing, it's good. Just go do it some more and do it harder. I mean, I didn't have anything. It's like, but you got to call a timeout to manage the clock. It's in, in, the, in, the, in the midst of it, it's intense. And – you're not going to make the right decision every time, but that to me was 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 uh, was heady, and I'm going to start looking at it uh, differently from now on. I'm going to appreciate the four minute uh, uh, four minute offense, and I'm going to go uh, read Mark Craig's columns right now as we go on break. Well, the the uh, the last two weeks, I think didn't didn't most of uh, Minnesota have Zimmer? His next job was the uh, nice eighth grade girls up. basketball coach. Yes, that's <clears throat> true. All right. We will uh, we'll check with our sponsors on that. All, all I all I know is he is he is ruining the 2022 draft. Absolutely ruining it by winning these last two games. And you're ruining my agenda. He should, be, he should be fired for he should be fired for ruining the draft next year. We'll we'll hit that when we come back. And we're back at vikingsterritory.com, uh, no, vikingsterritory.com and Vikings Territory Breakdown. And Ma- Mark is busy uh, uh, helping Zim with his resume while we were away. So now we're back here and we're talking about it. And, you know, uh, I, you, you gave me some grief uh, this week on Twitter about uh, if we're going to have a question about the hot seat. And I, and I had another uh, – as I was laying in bed thinking, how am I going to – Mark Craig, but I kind of thought about the same thing that they're not going to fire him during the season. The potential still is there at the end of the season. And I want to ask the question to you this way What does he have to do to not get fired at the season's over? Does he have to get to the playoffs? Does he have to make a deep run? Does he have to win the Super Bowl? I mean, what what measure do you judge him by? Because not just because I think he's going to get fired, but there's plenty of people that are listening to this broadcast that think either want it or think it's going to happen what do you think? well i mean there's there's so many variables well okay it's, here's a here's a scenario for you uh, you, you say they got to make the playoffs or they got to like win a playoff game uh kirk cousins gets hurt in the 49ers game and sean Mannion finishes out the year does that do you still hold him to that standard or that he has to make the playoffs uh no we're, we're I, you know, I don't know i i would say i would say if if you know this league is so much about it's unless you're uh, got a Hall of Fame quarterback or you're uh, in the top one percent of the league. It's basically scratch, scratch. Like I told you, it's like scratch out nine wins. Hope you get hot and hope your roster isn't 
decimated in January and see where it takes you. I mean, the Giants and Steelers and different teams have won doing that, you know, like scratching out 10 wins and winning their last six and getting hot. The Packers did that one year. Um, yeah, that's just kind of how it is. I do think that if they if they stay healthy as healthy as they are now and they miss the playoffs, he's you know he's still in trouble. I, you know, I, I to me it's like I, I just you, know, you wait till you get to the end, you analyze how he got they got to wherever they got to, and then figure it out. If you know, there's like uh, when I, I talked to him before this season, and I sort of agree with him. Uh, he said uh, like early in last year when they they totally blew the the attempt to like let all their veterans leave and. Uh, and replace them with fret with uh, rookies you know, playing a corner. He said they got a few games in there. Like, you know, he and Andre Patterson were like, you know, if we win eight games with this, this is going to be a great coaching job. And, you know, that was true because they had no off season to, to practice. They had, they had all these young guys, first year players. It was a bad miscalculation on everyone's part to, to do that. And then to have the pandemic on top of it made it a hundred times worse. But, you know, I could see a situation where you win at San Francisco, you're six and five, and you lose in Detroit. So it's like, and that, but believe me, if they were to lose in Detroit, and they even though they're only six and six, say they're six and six at that point, that then six and six is going to feel different than five and five feels right now. People are going to want to fire them. So it's like you know this this roller coaster, sort of that like that game was on Sunday. That was a roller coaster through the entire game. Well, this season's a roller coaster. And I still say you wait to the end and figure it out at the end and see how, you know, see how they do. I, I my gut feeling is that that if they're healthy, they got to make the playoffs to for him to survive. What uh, they just have to make the playoffs if they're healthy. That's, what, that's, that's you know, I, it's a total guess. I mean, I you know, it all depends on how you get there. If you go, say you make the playoffs uh, and you get blown out by the Packers 34 nothing in the first round of the playoffs. Hey, oh, who knows? I mean, uh, there was a year where Marty Schottenheimer went 14 and 2 with the with the Chargers lost his first game against the uh the Patriots uh first first round playoff game and he got and got fired. So, a lot of stuff behind the scenes, there's a lot of stuff uh, just the the situation the, the context matters. It's not just raw numbers that to say a guy's got to do this or a guy has to do that. But, you know, you've been doing this for 19 years here, and I don't know how many your entire career watching NFL. How many? Well, it's definitely – it's well, it's, uh, I don't know, 100. What's the league? league's 101 years old. So you've been um, watching. Well, my, my point is right. – you've, you've, Yeah, you've, it, well, it, and the, the – the, the impatience has I – mean, they're, they're not teams are not paid unless you're Pittsburgh – uh, or you win seven super, or you win uh, six Super Bowls like Belichick. Uh, you know, teams are, are pretty impatient now that the Wilfs have proven uh, since they fired Childers in the middle of the season, they've been pretty darn patient, uh, I think. Uh, but Zimmer's also given them some some reason to keep him uh, by you know winning, making the playoffs every other year. Uh, I think that the the target or the goal should be not to make it just every other year to have something a little more consistent. And we're at that tipping point now of can they do it? Because uh, depending on what Kirk does, I mean, I don't, who knows what the financial situation with Kirk and what that does to your cap and everything, but say they make the playoffs, say they, they make a, a, a good run, you know, 
you keep Kirk as your quarterback. And then how does that work with, with Zimmer? And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're at the point where they, this could be, could be the start of something long term, longer term, or it could be blow it up. So that's what makes this season so exciting. I think is, you know, uh, just you're five and five, you got seven left and anything, literally anything can happen with this team right now. Well, then we are, we would be uh, negligent if we didn't ask the question each week, because, uh, you know, as a five and five team, they had expectations to being further along at this part and very well could have. But did but did they? I mean, uh, we all, everyone had that little stretch. I mean, everyone had them. Everyone had them losing to or beating Cincinnati. Got to beat Cincinnati. Everybody had them. Uh, you know, you got to beat Arizona. They're not even the best team in their in their division. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna finish fourth in the NFC West. Well, they're the, you know got the best record in football now. Uh, Seattle, you can never can't beat Seattle. There, it's a loss there. Well, they, that's their only time that they relaxed. Uh, and and beat a team by more than one score or had a more than one score game. So, yeah, and then they had a brutal stretch where they did not win. And, but now it's like, so I, I on the flip side of that, it's like uh, going to Detroit. You know, pencil that in or write that down in pen. No, I, I they almost lost to him at home. So uh, we got to see how it how it plays out. I think at the next press conference that you're at with Zim, you should ask him if he's playing checkers or chess and see how that goes over. Checkers or chess? Yeah. I'll ask him, um, do, you, do you think you're on the hot seat? <laughs> Joe Overly wants to know. Uh, <laughs> everybody that's listening does. I, 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 I'm a Zimmer Bobo. You know, I, I, uh, uh, this year more than others, I've, I've sat back and tried to be more critical of him and look at him more objectively and say, you know, because I've, I've, I have always enjoyed talking with him. I've always enjoyed seeing how he handles his players and and the way he treats some media people. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'd like to see it. I really like to see it work out for him because I my biggest thing in, in this discussion has always been I don't want to make that decision until I know what that decision is going to be. You know, why blow it up and then look around and let's say let's see who should I get? There's no reason to. There's no reason to. And the, the where I've defended him is, uh, uh, you know, to me it's like uh, the cold hard facts are going to decide. It's not whether what I feel or what I think or whatever. But when people say that they that he had lost the locker room and they were three and five, I just didn't buy it because they were playing too hard. Uh, and then certainly when they went to Los Angeles and won and did what they did to the to Herbert and that prolific offense. You know, you, you don't do that stuff if you've lost the locker room and they're all, you know, wanting Zim fired. That's just can't do it. Would you say this? This is one of the discussion I was having with my brother last night. He was saying that he didn't think Zimmer was that uh, good of a uh, tactician. And I, you know, because he blitzed on on the the Marquez touchdown, the long seventy five yarder, and left. You know, legitimately, my brother's right. Left the 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 secondary open, but. You know, blitzes are a gamble. Blitzes are going to pay off. Sometimes they're going to get home. Sometimes they're not. And I think he is a good tactician. But over and away from that point, given what we were already talking about, Aaron Rodgers lost the game right there on that play, didn't he? Aaron Rodgers lost the game on that play because of the rest of it. 
turned out they took he got you know Aaron Rodgers should have and would have had you know he probably was looking to make a 20-yard gain you know run off <laughs> some clock, you know dink and dunk down the field and then tie it up and then beat him in overtime but instead he scored too quickly for Kirk Cousins <laughs> he there, left too much time right right yeah yeah it's a uh, what, what bizarre world are we in when uh we're talking about Aaron Rodgers uh Leaving too much time for Kirk. Uh, right. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers got Aaron Rodgers, uh, and and you know hats, hats off to Zimmer. You know, like willing to take a you know trust his kicker, who I'm sure he was a little nervous about, even though it was a short kick. I mean, this is a, a grant. It's a was outdoors. It was cold, but the, I seem to remember a 27 yard field goal getting missed here uh, a couple years back. Yep. Uh, so for him to like and then to come out and for the perfect. Summary was, I felt the best way for us to win this game was with him standing on the sideline, and it, it worked out perfectly. So yeah, it's like seventy-five yard touchdown. Uh, maybe he should have like fell down at the ten or something. <laughs> but you know, think about it. He, he actually really did. You know, I think he got. We got to enjoy as as Vikings fans uh, the sad whiny face of that knucklehead from the east. As as the they kept showing. Uh, Rogers, as the time was ticking away, and you could see, you could see uh, what's his name, Lafleur, just, just I got a, I got a timeout, and I don't have any time left. You know, it, it was just fun because we've seen those things with the cameras pointed at our players how many times. Well, it was and, and it's got, it's got to feel good for the people in the in the stands because, you know, uh, there's a lot of Packer fans there, and there were just like there were a lot of Cowboy fans in the crowd. Uh, you know, U.S. Bank is a great home advantage, but there are fans that find their way in. They got to pay for those. And, uh, they, they sell them to get to pay for the rest of their tickets, their season tickets. It drives me nuts, but you know, it, they've done it for forever on here. I hate it. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to say, you know, the Vikings are currently five and five in the sixth seed and they actually control their own destiny for the playoffs, but they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, their margins razor thin. And you've already said, you've already, uh, predicted maybe for the next two weeks a win in san francisco and a loss no oh god no 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 no, no. <laughs> so so what no, do you think? I, I, i'm kidding Can, do you uh yeah. what do you think their chances going forward to make the playoffs they, they look good right now but you know this is the nfl it changes every week well i think very good if they were in the afc they would wouldn't i mean like the afc is i don't have it in front of me but there's you know teams that are uh 500 or, or above that are, you know, two and three spots out and the Vikings are five and five and they have the sixth spot. Uh, you know, this is, it's a big, <laughs> they're all big games. I mean, I, I look forward, still look forward to, to, to Wednesday going in and hearing the, is it Kirk? Is this a big game? You know, Kirk Cousins has played here for 57. I think he, he just passed the midway point. I saw somewhere where he's now played either equal or one more game as a Viking compared to the, to uh, Washington. Oh, really? So, wow. and I think it every fifty, all fifty-seven games he's played, he's gotten the question: "This is this week a big week?" And he's answered, <laughs> he's answered it the same way. Uh, but you know, the, the 49ers are in the NFC; they're five and five. They've won two in a row. The Vikings are in the NFC; they won or five and five. They've won two in a row. And uh, you know, this is as impressive as the. Uh, as that win over the Packers was, the 49ers had an equally impressive 31-10 win over the Rams two weeks ago. 
So this is a, it's a huge game when it comes for NSC playoff positioning. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not, I don't see the Packers like giving up that two and a half game lead, but you know, it would have been four and a half and it would have been over. So there's a little bit of uh, the pressures on them, you know, and they're playing a Rams team that's coming off a bye. Um, you know, I, if I'm them, I'm hoping that it's uh, nice and cold in Green Bay on Sunday for the for the Rams coming in. But uh, I, you know, I, I I like their chances now. But it's sort of like I, I always laugh because like, you get these emails like uh, some groups will put out like these some you know analytical groups will put out like uh, the percentage of a team can make the playoffs, and after a loss, that percentage goes down. After a win, that percentage goes up, and they. But they, they they find a way of like making it sound fancy, but that's just the way. Yeah, yeah. If right. you win, your chances increase. If you lose, they go down. Uh, but I, I I like where they're I like where they're at. I like how they're playing. Uh, injuries obviously will have a lot to say about who makes the playoffs. But yeah, I would say right now they're they're a playoff team. After two after two big wins, typical in this area and this team and this franchise is to have a letdown. And that's that's my concern, you know. And they've not typically in the past years, Zimmer's teams going to California or to uh, San Francisco have not done well. So it, it, it's going to be a tough game. But you know, the, the 49ers themselves are pretty schizophrenic. They've been up and down, you know, uh, extremely more than the Vikings. Yes, and you know their quarterback situation is sometimes unsettled. Garoppolo was hurt for a while, and they had Trey Lance in there, and there's probably people calling for him and. Thankfully, nobody's calling for Kellen Mond back here. But uh, what do you think? What do you think about their offense uh, against the the Vikings defense, San Francisco? Uh, I mean, it's a it's an interesting offense in the fact that uh, like Debo Samuel is he's second in the league in receiving yards, and last week he has one catch for fifteen yards, but he had eight carries for seventy nine yards and a touchdown. So. He's kind of this, uh, I think uh, DJ Wonham put it uh, Monday, uh, he's a receiver in a running back's body. So I guess maybe like a Percy Harvin. Um, I, I don't know if they're the same type of player, but, um, you know, that's a, that's an offense. It's, you know, they, they're like the Vikings, uh, even more so. There's a lot of fullback, a lot of tight end. They got a great tight end. Um, you know, the quarterback is okay. I mean, he's, there's a reason that they drafted. A lot of it has to do with durability, but they drafted a quarterback third overall. Uh, I think the Vikings, you know, can handle it. You know, but but a lot of times with the Vikings, it's if you can't handle it, they, the, when they start to wobble or they start to crack, it's because the run defense is let down. But you know, I, you know the way you know, Eric Kendricks is playing, I, I I've been impressed with the you know the defensive line has really held together better than I you know, thought they would. Uh, maybe you get Michael. I don't know when Michael Pierce can come back, but they, they need, kind of need him back. You know, they need to get what they paid for with him. Um, but, yeah, they, they can stop him. But you're right. I mean, the, the 49ers, they, they won their first two games. Then they lost their next four games, and now they've won three of four. So not quite sure which 49ers team we're talking about when it comes to, you know, who are we going to see. But I think that, you know, the Vikings – have the defense that can play with them. What about, what about on the other side of the ball? The, the, the 49ers defense is sixth in total yards allowed, third in passing yards allowed, and 20 in rushing. Perhaps it's more Dalvin than uh, just-in-time production next week. Huh? Well, they yeah. better be just they – they better, they better not stray from your, your just-in-time productions. Uh, 
Because right. although they'll get back to where they were when they were in Baltimore and Dallas and some of the earlier games, um, you know that Bosa definitely looks like he's back. You know, he from the ACL. Uh, he's got I think ten or 12, 11 sacks, something like that. He's a guy to be concerned about. Yep. But uh, I mean, I don't think the Vikings' offense right now has to take a backseat to anybody. If they can piece it together on the front. They have the weapons and the, the confidence in a quarterback and the and the arm ability of the quarterback and his targets that you know they can they just don't have to fear anyone I don't think and if they play the way they played the last couple of weeks and somehow avoid turning the ball over which they've been they're kind of ripe they're kind of due for some turnovers here which maybe why Kirk is wanting to talk at least talk about dialing it back a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I think they think the Vikings can go in there and score some points. You got a prediction? I, you know, it's one of those like you're you're chasing. Whenever you miss one week, then you kind of do you like predict them to come back you know, down to earth, or you get, you predict them to keep the momentum going. Uh, I, you know, the, the way they're playing, their confidence, the fact that they just went out to California and won against a really good team. Uh, the inconsistencies of the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers are capable of blowing them out or getting blown out. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Vikings playing, you know, as well as they have the last two weeks and uh, and winning a, a close game. I, I don't know if it'll be kind of in the 20s, I think. I'm, uh, I've am i lived here all my life and been a fan as, all that time as well. So I'm, I'm really concerned about a letdown after these two big games, you know, because these guys are human and that uh, it's it's tough in this league. It's what makes this league as topsy-turvy as it is from one week to the next is uh, human beings that get in a car wreck on Sunday afternoon have to rebound both physically and and emotionally by the next weekend. Um, so I'm concerned about it, but I, I think after all the turmoil and angst and and just anxiety that this team has had to go through with losing all those close games. I think, uh, I think they're going to go out there with some confidence and they're going to, you know, maybe they have a new a way of looking at this offense and they can, uh, you know, surprise, surprise the 49ers with, with the new look uh, Minnesota Vikings. So, uh, you know, but I, I've, I've already told you, Joe, the, the letdown isn't this week. Letdowns next week. Yeah, but you, boy wouldn't, would, you wouldn't go on the record with me. So. Uh, boy, would that be a letdown, huh? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the Vikings in another nail biter. It's it's going to be fun, and and uh, soon they're going to ha- they're going to flex every damn game the Vikings have because they're such fun to watch. But uh, that's right. On that note, we'll take another quick break, and we'll be back to talk about some uh, some headlines from the NFL this week with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Okay, we're back at Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark, uh, our, our NFL insider, uh, Usually, we usually start talking about the Packers at this point. That's what I like to do because they're the most important team no matter what. I mean, for, as far as Vikings are concerned, no matter what anybody else says. And you know damn well Rodgers looks forward to uh, uh, having horns with uh, Zimmer more than he cares about going and whooping up on Chicago, which he – Owns he owns them so anyway, uh, did do, do, do they seem less superior now? What happened to that great defense we heard about coming in? They were number three coming in, and and how do you see them rebounding? They they the way they got their 
still together in the second half on offense. They look pretty damn good. I think they're still the better. You know, they're a, a I would still take them if they were to play again tomorrow or uh, put, to play a playoff game. Or, uh, but they're beatable. Hey, I mean, that was proven. It's I, I, when I used to, I, thank goodness I don't do like the one through 32 power rankings every, every week. I try yeah. and you, you could not put, uh, you know, I, my own thing, I, I don't care what other people, how they rank their teams. And you'd always get like, you'd get emails saying, well, you ranked the team there, here, and they, oh, these three other places ranked them over there. Well, then read those other places. I don't care. Um, but it's like, I, 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 always, I always had, a, I always had a, a rule that for at least one week, if, if a team beat another team, they could not rank lower than that team. So can you imagine? I mean, it, just was a, it was hard every year, but this year that would mean that I'd have to rank the Texans above the Titans and find a way to put them. Where, where, where do I put the Texans? So my, my, my power rankings always look kind of goofy because I would, uh, I, like this week, the Vikings would have to be above the Packers. And like right. you'd have – this year, you, you, I would have like all these teams with four wins up here and teams with eight wins down here for different stretches because I was like, you know, this is a snapshot of the season, not the full. Took the kind of the opposite approach, the snapshot of this week. Uh, well, I'm glad I don't do that now because it, it would just be a jumbled mess. Because, uh, but so you know, you got I got the I got the Vikings. I think 14th. Um, I got them, you know, they're right now they're in the fifth play, or sixth playoff seed in the NFC. I, I, I got them behind five NFC teams, including the Packers. Uh, but it's kind of good to be sixth. I only have five ahead of you. You've beaten one of them. And then two other ones, uh, Arizona and the Cowboys, you've you played and lost to by a total of five points. So, you know, the Vikings are yeah, – you could say this about almost, I'd say, maybe 20 teams in the Atlanta League. Anybody, if they get into the playoffs, could beat anybody anywhere because we're not seeing as much of a home field advantage as you typically see in the NFL. So not only are teams more even, but they're not dominating at home. It is. For anybody that has that job, it's got to be nuts. Uh, you know, I, I've always felt the same way. If, if you just beat a team and all of a sudden you're ranked below is, you know, but it, it all depends on how they're doing it, if they're doing a snapshot at the moment team in general for the whole thing and it, it's you know, I, I told you this morning I saw the Vikings with the NFL Network's power rings at number 10 so I, I thought theirs was a little high and yours was a little low so I'm thinking somewhere in between and 12 but I don't have to do that so I won't um, going to the rest of the top security league the Bills got torched by Indy and and uh, their quarterback uh, Josh Allen had three turnovers two interceptions and a fumble I believe uh, do you think Diggsy wants out and wants to trade back to Minnesota? <laughs> I will be uh, one of my. Uh, uh, I don't want. I'm not going to watch the Lions and Bears. I might watch the Lions Bears just kind of in a uh, in a stupor as I'm as I'm taking naps. But that second game with you know, uh, or wait, they're the third game. Bills play at night. Yeah, third game. So a uh, third game. I can't watch that because that's I watch Christmas Vacation. So. Uh, but but uh, my point is, if they lose, if they if they keep losing, because right now the Bills to me are shaping up as they're becoming the most disappointing team in the league right now because there's too much talent there uh, to be looking up at the Patriots uh, right now. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see because uh, I think you 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 mentioned earlier that about Diggs uh, uh, 
wins and losses is what sent him out here. I had more to do with that because they made the playoffs with after the year that he wanted out. Uh, it had a lot to do with Diggs wanting Diggs to get catches. Right. So and and their quarterback um, turned it over three times. That's why I brought that. It's got to be yeah. just Josh Allen now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, uh it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I still think Buffalo is uh, capable of winning the AFC East, but I, you know, my my. My number one team for this week is uh, the Patriots because of just how how well coached they are. They, they've won a league high five in a row. All five of those wins for Belichick has come against first or second year coaches. So uh, we're seeing some we're seeing the Patriots get coached pretty well this year, I think. And, and so we starts seeing your starts because it start, well, it, yeah, well I, I, I wasn't a big fan when he was in Cleveland. Let's put it that way, uh, but. And I was a big fan when I covered him. I just, I just respect, I respect the guy that uh, that can coach like he can, and uh, you know, for for them to for them to uh, do this with, with the rookie quarterback who's the fifth guy taken, it's uh, pretty impressive. It really is. I, I, you know, I, I remember at the beginning of the year, I thought, okay, finally, this team is gonna, you know, step back. They didn't do great last year, and, and they got a rookie quarterback coming in. I said, okay, finally, the. The Patriots are just not going to be the Patriots, and and I was going to have to see that and and see how Big Bill handles it, you know, because anybody that wins that much, you always get a little jealous of him. So um, he's not; he's he's doing a hell of a. He's probably going to win Coach of the Year if he keeps if he if he wins that division and uh, makes any kind of noise in the playoffs. And right now, he's looking like he can. The defense is playing great. They they blanked Matt Ryan and everybody was talking about Matt Ryan and the Falcons before that happened. Right. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. They just, they absolutely destroyed the Browns. I mean, they, I mean, it wasn't even a contest. In yeah. fact, to the point, to the point where Miles Garrett is, is like has to be talked to by Stefanski because he's going out complaining about, you know, basically get, we got out coached and I'm sure that didn't sit well with the, the Browns coaching staff, but he, well, in a lot of cases, he, he was right. I mean, they they just uh, they were no contest, and they're a good team, uh, but just what they weren't a contest for the for the Patriots. I think I would have, if I was the fans, I would say, "You see who's coaching on the other side? <laughs> Come on!" Hey, he's a reigning coach of the year, though. Come on. God damn. Well, that's a good point. Um, what what you mentioned? What happened to the Titans? They can't handle uh, life at the top. Wow. Well, I don't know if you know this, but uh, their their gigantic uh, running back got hurt three weeks ago. I'm I'm more I think I'm more they, amazed they that have they played well since then. It's that's just, what I'm saying. I'm more amazed that they beat the Rams and if I forget who else uh, after losing him than I am the fact that they can't. Well, I shouldn't say that because it because of who they lost to. Right. In fact, in my picks, I put in that. They're due to lose. Every ounce of my being says they're going to lose, but they're playing the Texans and they're going to win. Well, they overcame that with a. Uh, it was a bad. It was a bad weather day. Uh, a lot of turnovers. I think uh, Tannehill threw four interceptions. Uh, but still, wow! To lose the, I mean, almost any other team, I would have. I would have picked them to lose because it was time for them to lose. But to lose to the Texans, it's uh, that's a that's a horrendous loss and now, and now they're going to play the Patriots so no. no one knows more about uh the difficulty in losing Henry I, my fantasy team has lost first place fantasy team has lost two of the last three since Derrick Henry went down so but no yeah. one about my fantasy team uh 
what's up with Philly? Are they, are they, are, you know, they play in the NFC East, so they're going to win some ball games here. Are they going to be a concern in the playoff race for a wild card spot? You think? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, I don't like them as much as uh, I would like the Vikings or even the 49ers. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a hard team. Uh, they're one of a number of teams. It's hard to like figure out, you know, I think it starts with, you know, not having that established quarterback and kind of wondering where he's going to end up. Uh, in his early career here, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not on board with the with the Eagles, but uh, they yeah. <laughs> they proved me wrong when I picked the giant when I picked the Lions to upset them. Uh, I think it was forty four to nothing. Whenever I uh, gave up on my upset special pick of uh, the Lions over Philly, uh, there was a battle between the the two teams that have gotten gone all for all for sixteen. The Lions in Cleveland last week. It, it it almost went to the Lions. What's going on with Cleveland? Well, I think Baker Mayfield's hurt, um, and he's not, you know, he's not an elite quarterback. Uh, he's good enough. He's certainly better than what Cleveland's had for twenty years. Uh, but you know, I just don't think that they're a. Uh, and they they've had some injuries too. The, the running back, uh, they have running game hasn't been at full strength. Uh, the Lions are a desperate team to win, you know, and as the Vikings are going to find out if they, especially if they, if they don't win against the bears, I mean, that's, I just would not want to be playing the lions right now. Uh, knowing that there is, there's just that fight to winning, to win a game. And they've, you know, they played the, the AFC North. They were, they tied the Steelers. They, they almost beat the Ravens. They almost beat the Browns. Uh, so they're they're just a team. It's just what you want to stay away from right now. The Chiefs are ascending, and uh, even though the Bucks won last night, they're still a good team. But they they don't have the luster that they had last year. I mean, those are the two uh, two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, and, and there's always a hangover. And the Chiefs had theirs early, but they seem to be on the move. Their defense is playing better, uh, and Brady is. From time to time, looks looks forty four years old. Is that always? Is he forty four? Is that right? Yeah. No. So, what do you think of those two teams before we go? Well, it's to me, it's a, if you're if you're you know being called, you don't have you lack the luster or whatever, and you're still got seven wins. Yeah. You no, know, that's that's a sign of a good team, and 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 like Belichick's teams always are better at the end of the year than they are in the beginning of the year. Uh, the Chiefs are just playing like the Chiefs should play offensively. What what? got the Chiefs in trouble was they got a horrible defense and they started turning the ball over, you know, every other play. Uh, the Chiefs need to be almost perfect on offense and hope their defense, you know, pops along for the ride. Uh, they're probably the best team right now, but I picked the Patriots just for more consistency at this point. But knowing this league, it'll be, you know, someone different next week. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's, that's, about does it for this week. I did want to leave with a, a new segment I'm calling the best tweet of the week. And this came from Viking Central, who does some work for our for our network. And, and, and I thought it was great. He said, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson didn't even have to buy Packers stock to own them. That's so true. It's so true. So I had to take one more parting shot at the Packers. Um I do want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and everybody else out there that's that's doing the same. And thanks again, Mark, for for an, another week of chatter. I'll be I'll be crafting my uh, Zimmer hot seat question all week. You know, I, yeah, week. and I just 
I just got to say, because if there are any Packer fans out there, you know, they could maybe email me, explain to me, how do you buy a $350, $300 for that stock? But in order to get a little piece of paper, I think you had to pay $50 more to get it to put it on your wall. How in the world do you buy that and not feel like the biggest dupe in the world? Well, that's all I got. A lot of them might have got some uh, uh, COVID money from the government or something. You know? You're you're paying you're paying for a piece of paper that's of no value, so you can put it on your wall. And I, I mean that's fine if you got the money to do it. That's great. But the, there's someone out there. There's a a rich organization out there that's sees that knows you're going to be a dupe, and they're put it they put put it in front of you, and you gobbled it up. I don't get it. Gobbled it up. You said it. Happy Thanksgiving, brother. Thanks. Thanks to all our sponsors. And uh, we'll be back next week. I have to talk about the, the 49ers and, and uh, Vikings at, at Vikings game. So enjoy your Thanksgiving and skull. <laughs>